Well, this is great having Pastor Zach up here with us. You guys give him a hand. Love this. So we decided to do this podcast style. We're going to do it. So this is kind of fun. So Pastor Zach, those of you who don't know Pastor Zach, we've been friends a long time. How long have you been at the church now, Pastor Zach? Um, next month on the 5th will be 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. That's crazy. So Pastor Zach, you started off in student ministry, and yes, this is when my boys were super tight with you because you, yeah. they, you, they were in youth ministry when you were doing it. And, so, and then now Pastor Zach leads all of our pastoral care and a lot of our counseling. And so you guys give it up for him. He does a great job. Very thankful for you, man. So just for fun, we decided we'd start off the first question with like something interesting about, about yourself. Tell us something we don't know about you. Okay. One thing that you may not know about me is a lot of people think, oh, just pastors went to seminary and they didn't right. do anything else like with school. But I played college football at Abilene Christian University at ACU. College so was- athlete right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. That's amazing, man. It's, it's amazing. And the head- you were a lo- Okay. First of all, you were a local sports hero here. Uh, yes. To start, where'd you play here? I played at Carroll High School. Played at Carroll. All-state all wide receiver. All-state wide yeah. receiver. Then you went off to ACU, and yeah. then where'd you go? And then um, I went to ACU, and then I transferred to Sam Houston State University and got a degree in criminal justice with a minor in sociology. But I tell people, hey, I was in Huntsville, Texas for 11 years, and they're like, oh. They're like, oh, oh really? <laughs> and you were a part of a state institution, no, just like, not no, that no, state no. institution. <laughs> That's right. I love so, it. No, this is cool. Tell me who your coach was. This is really cool. Uh, my, my coach actually was Gary Gaines, and they did the whole story with Billy Bob Thornton for Friday Night Lights. He was yeah, it was based upon of, your coach's life. My coach's life. So yeah, Friday Night coach. Lights, this guy lived Friday Night <laughs> Lights right yes, here. So, so very cool. Awesome. Love yeah. that. You no, guys give it a Pastor Zach. Love that. Cool story. Well, yes, sir. And when you showed up here, you were single, and now you're married. So yes. here at Church Unlimited, ring by spring or your money back. That's Amen. how we do it. Amen. So... <laughs> That's right. So, <laughs> no. Well, I, I I know that's uh, a lot in regards to me, but you're an amazing communicator, Pastor Bill. Thank and you. not only are you an amazing communicator, you do a great job with leading all of our campuses in this church, and people see you as the lead pastor. But there's something unique about yourself that a lot of people may not know. I want you to share that. Okay. So, well, you, I know we're trying to think like what I've, I share so much about my life. What have I never told people? And I guess I haven't told you guys. I used to be an adjunct professor. I actually taught communications uh, at a school called North Lake College, which is in Irving, Texas, and then also at Dallas Baptist University. Oh, wow. So, yeah, before I came here, that's a couple of things I did. That's cool. That's cool. Crazy, well, yeah. Well, we want to we glean from that wisdom today. We want to kind of extract oh, some of that because I, I feel know. personally we, we can get literally knowledge from anywhere. We have Google. We have the World Wide Web really yeah. at the tip of our fingers. So yeah. knowledge is easily acceptable accessible is what I'm trying to say. But wisdom is something that literally comes from God. So we want to yeah. kind of get that wisdom from you today through these questions Thank you. Today. We're fired up to do this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for joining yeah. us on stage. It's going to be cool. Okay. Love all it. Right. Appreciate Love it. it. Let's dive into the first question, if okay. you will. All right. First question is, can I lose my salvation? That's a great question. Well, if you could, I would lose about every third quarter of a Texans game. <laughs> So the good news is you can't, actually. I got some good news. The good news is you cannot lose your salvation. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, for, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, lest any man boast. It is a gift of God through Jesus Christ. Yes. So basically what that means is that it's a true gift. And, and it, because it's a gift, 
we didn't do anything to earn it, so we can't lose it. Isn't that good oh, news good. to know that, like, no matter what you've done, no matter how much you've messed up, you cannot lose your salvation because you didn't earn it, but instead it's a free gift. And it's not, it's not a gift like the gift that you get when you go to, like, a, like a Dillard's or, you know, like, hey, you buy this perfume and you get a free, free gift of a bag. And that's not free. You had to buy something. Yeah. This is a truly free gift. You didn't do anything for it. It was just given to you. That's awesome. No, yeah. I love that. And I also know inside of the Word of God, mm-hmm. it says literally um, in Romans chapter 8, 38, the Apostle Paul was speaking, and he said, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, meaning demons, yeah, demons, nor powers nor things present or things to come, it says neither heights nor depths nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God, which That's is right. in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's can right. you really step into <laughs> That's that? That's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, listen, this guy knows the word. Uh, basically, what that means is that you can, you and I cannot out God's coverage. Mm. Like, like, no matter yeah. what you've done, God forgives you. It is there. And what is the gift? The gift means that someone thought of you without you even knowing you needed something. It was provided Come for on. you. That's what Jesus did for you and I. Before we were even born, yeah. Christ said, I knew you'd need salvation, so I went to the cross for you. And so he gives it as a gift. You cannot mess that up, praise God. Once you receive him, he's there forever. Praise God. Great news. That. Yeah. I love that. Praise love God. That. So, yeah. And I'll need that about the third quarter today, the Texans game. So that's going to come in handy. Yeah. yeah so. All right. Let's, let's move on to our next question. It says, can the devil come into my life through music, movies, or TV? You know, I always wow. get this question when we ask for questions. And so, and the answer is yes, he can. Uh, now, I want to be real, care, real clear here. It doesn't mean you're like flipping the channel and you come across poltergeists for two seconds and all oh, the demons are in me. No, we're not saying that. <laughs> but what we are saying is that it's an influence in, in, in the same way that, I don't know if you're aware, but the devil in heaven, before he was a fallen angel, he was an angel and he was in charge of worship. So why would it be a surprise that his specialty is utilizing music to influence? Mm. And so it's probably his biggest trick, his biggest tool that he uses today would be the influence of music, I believe. And so, um, and this doesn't mean every song is evil. I don't, I don't mean to suggest that somehow if it's not overtly Christian, it's bad. That's not true. Yeah. I listen to music that's Christian, but I also listen to non-Christian music that's not necessarily bad. You know, mm-hmm. so there's plenty of music when I work out. I listen to kind of harder stuff. And so I listen to a lot of Skillet, um, but oh, that's Christian, but I also listen to like a Van Halen Amen. or a Linkin Park. But it doesn't mean every song that Linkin Park has written that I would approve of or that yeah. I listen to. So I think you have to be selective. And so really the line to me is what is if it's overtly anti-Christian, I don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm also like hip-hop a lot. And so I don't listen to, I know it looks street. Anyways, so, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't, I, I love to listen to that stuff, but I can't listen like, you know, half a Biggie's collection I can't listen to because yeah. it's just really bad. You know, yeah. like I, I can't listen to that kind of stuff. So. You know, it may, there may be one or two good songs, but, you know, again, like 50 Cent, all like, bro, you know, sorry, 50, can't listen to you that much, man. You, <laughs> yeah. Your stuff is pretty explicit. So, but I think that's where you have to just draw the line because it is influencing you, whether you like it or not. It's true. And so, so you have to look at that and say, what's, what's influencing me and be careful of that. And at the very least, acknowledge it and say, you know, like you're watching a TV show and you're like, you know what? You know, we, sh- we should have a line we draw, and, and we shouldn't let Netflix choose what line we draw. We should choose that. That's so and good. So I think that's a big deal, too, that we recognize when things can really harm us. So I will tell you this. I have, I have known uh, couples, families that have called me and said, hey, we feel like there's literally like a presence in our house. And that's almost always someone bringing a media influence of some sort 
that's evil into the home. So that's a real thing. And so now today, we don't really have albums we're keeping. And so it's probably like on your phone or something like that. So it does matter. So we want to think about that. So my, the line I would draw was, uh, first of all, I don't, I don't listen, I don't watch uh, movies that are really scary. I don't really, I don't enjoy it. But some people do, and I understand. I like a, a suspenseful movie I can watch, but like a scary movie, if you're into that, that's fine. I, I do like being scared on a roller coaster, so I understand fear can be an entertaining thing. I, I get that. But where I would draw the line is that they start playing around with the demonic or spiritualism. And so you're playing with something that can really hurt you. Yeah. And so that's where I would really draw the line. And, and, and I, I actually have night terrors. Um, and if you've ever had them, you know how bad they can be. But they're very demonic. In fact, one time my wife said, can you, can you tell me what your, what your dream was? And I told her, and she, she literally told me, don't ever tell me again. I mean, it was Whoa. pretty evil, so I don't, I don't tell her. But, uh, but this is something I pray over my dreams. And in case you're wondering, anyone else have, you ever feel like the devil's attacking you in your dreams? Anyone else feel that way? Mm-hmm. Look at the hands are going up. There's a lot of people that deal with this. So the reason why I believe is because the devil knows you, you're too smart to know what to do if you're wide awake and conscious. So the devil attacks you when you're unconscious. So what I like to do is pray over my dreams. But here's just something I say out loud in my room, and just something you can write down if you want to, to say. I just simply say, in the name of Jesus, I demand all satanic and evil spirits to leave. Amen. And I don't say it in my name. I don't say demons leave because the demons are like, who are you? But I say in the name of Jesus, they know who that is. Yes. And so then they have to leave. The name of Jesus is, is more powerful than any other name. And so you call on his authority. In other words, you don't talk to them. You talk to Jesus, and Jesus runs them out. Come on. Come on. Does that, does that make good. sense? So hold on, hold on. This is a podcast. You're going to get me jumping up saying amen. Yeah, let's go, yeah, man. Give me some amens. I'm good with it. This is my amen corner at the 1 o'clock right here. He sits in the front. I love it. I'm like, give me some amens. Come on. No, I, I love that, yeah. too. And I know one thing that I... I've had those same type of dreams too, yeah, Pastor. Yeah. And at night, I literally take um, the Word of God in Proverbs chapter three twenty four. Mm-hmm. It says, "When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yeah. Yes, you can lie down, and your sleep will be sweet." That's good. So I just That's pray good. that over myself yeah. at nighttime. I love it. Yeah. So you don't have That's to, good. you know. And, and and when you get attacked like that at night, if that happens to you. Um, don't be discouraged because actually normally that only happens if someone's really living for God. I, I told my wife, like, if I'm not regularly getting attacked by the devil, I'm not doing much. So it's actually a sign you're doing something for God. That's good. And so, you know, just, just know that if you're, not getting, if you're not getting attacked at all, that probably means you're, you're pretty much sabotaging yourself with your own decisions. Mm-hmm. And so when you're under spiritual attack, that means the devil, you, you're on the radar of the devil because he's recognizing, hey, this person is doing good. I need to stop this. So it's actually not a bad sign. It's a good sign. But you just need to know you have the tools and you are more powerful because greater is he that is in you than yes. he is in the world. Yes. Just call on God and, and he will help you during those times. So I love that. This yep. is good stuff right now. I'm enjoying this. It's really cool. good. Good, good. Uh, let's move to our next question. It yep. says, can I have a friend of the opposite sex when I'm in a relationship or married? I mean, I'm just asking this for You're a friend. You're asking for a friend. This That's right. A, let's be real clear here. I mean, okay, gotcha. Pastor Zach's newly married. Let's not mess everything up right now. All right, let's not, let's not do that. So, no, that's a big question I get a lot, actually, uh, from people. I'll be out and about in the atrium or even, frankly, just shopping or something. Someone's talking, hey, I got a question. So that's one of the questions I get a lot. And so the thing you need to know is that there's no one grandfathered in once you're married. It's not like, oh, I knew them before I got married. Like, so? I mean, just... <laughs> doesn't mean anything. The Bible says forsaking all others. Like that when you, remember when you're standing at that altar and you said, I do, you said, I'm forsaking all others. That means even those friends of the opposite sex. So I do have friends of the opposite sex, but it's through my wife. Mm. And so does that make sense? Mm. Like that's how those relationships are there. Now, let me be real clear here. 
That doesn't mean I'm texting or calling anyone of the opposite. That doesn't happen. The only people I would ever call the opposite sex would probably be someone I work with. I need to tell them something, like job-wise, like, hey, I need you to do this or do that. But that's it. We're not, like, shooting the breeze. That just doesn't happen. And, uh, but, but this is really important. I use what's called the Billy Graham rule. Billy Graham did this for years uh, in his ministry, and, you know, and he really he never had a scandal. And I think it's a great, great call. He, just, he was never in a room alone with someone of the opposite sex. And so I think that's really a wise move. And so we do that. Um, and then the other thing that we do is um, I also include now a digital room. Digital room means like if I text you and it's just you and I in that text, that's a digital room. So if I'm going to text a woman, I, like if, let's say I was going to text your wife, okay, yes. which the only reason I could ever imagine texting her would be if like I was going to surprise you or something like, hey, what, what would Pastor Zach like for his birthday? Like something like that. Now oh, you're expecting a gift, right? Praise so Jesus. Anyway, let's so, go. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Let's so go. I would text her. Does he like the black Lexus or the white Lexus? Which Ooh. one does he like? Interesting. Just checking. And so, yeah, I mean the, the Tonka, the little, the bitty, the, oh. the little, the cast, the cast metal one. Anyway, so. But no, but I would say, like, which one? So I would text her, but I would, I would loop in my wife. So I always text loop. So I loop in her. If I'm going to text your wife, I would, text, I would loop in my wife. Does that okay. make sense? Yes. And so this is something we do here at the church all the time. And, so, and even if you think, oh, I work in a secular environment, that would be weird. It's actually not. They will respect you for it. I promise you, no one's going to think it's weird. They're going to be like, oh, that's cool. So you say, hey, honey, I got an you know, assistant or, you know, like my assistant, Dee Dee. I'm always looping uh, Jessica in. Occasionally I'll forget and I'm like, oh, sorry, I forgot. Then I'll just add her real quick or loop her back in. You know, that kind of stuff. It does happen. You're just busy. You're moving quick, that kind of thing. But just correct it real fast. Like, oh, sorry. But because of that, they may seem over the top to you, but you can call me over the top, but you can also call me pure. Come on. So to me, it's worth it <laughs> just to be careful. So, but that. let me, let me just get real with this. So like, I, you know, years ago we went to like my 10 year high school reunion. That was a long time ago. But anyways, we went to that. <laughs> And, you know, I saw people, this and that. It was fine. Hug next. Says, hey, what's going on? That kind of thing. And then we left. No big deal. But I didn't go to my 20 or my, th- or, or I think, gosh, have I had a 30? I think I, I don't know if I've had that yet. But, but the point is, is that, you know, I didn't really continue that because a lot of times people want to hang out, get numbers, catch up. I don't really do that. So, you know, every once in a while I get a phone call at my office from someone from high school. Uh, if it's a guy, I'll call him back. Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? Where are you living now? This and that. I've had a few girls uh, from high school call. They're just friends. Mm-hmm. I just didn't return the call, which I know that may seem cold to you. You're like, wow, that's really, you know, that's offensive to them. Right. I don't care. <laughs> Who would I rather offend, my Come wife <laughs> or them? Right? I'm not trying to say be rude, but yeah. I don't think it's a big deal that I didn't return their phone calls. It's not a big deal. And so, and frankly, some people, if, if you have a friend that wouldn't understand this, then that's not your friend anyways. Mm-hmm. And so, but no one's grandfathered in. You just cut those relationships off. Boom, that's it. Your best friend. You want a friend of the opposite sex, you have one, your spouse. That's good. That's your friend. Yes. And so, to me, that's just how we roll. So, <laughs> just protect you. Hope that helps. This is good stuff. This is really good stuff. Speaking of good stuff. Okay. We have some things next week. We do. Yeah, we've got questions all month long. Man, you guys gave us some great questions. We had like 300-something questions come in, so we had to like cull it down. Mm-hmm. And so we have some great questions. Tell them some of the stuff we're talking about next week. Some of the questions next, next week consist of this. It says, what is speaking in tongues? And if I don't have this, does this mean I, do not, I have not received the Holy Spirit? Also, great question. number two, is it wrong to get tattoos or piercings? Yeah. That's a great question. And the final one, we've all heard this question before. Why do bad things happen to good people? That's a good, yeah, like if God's a God of love, why do you let my my son die, my grandfather, my whoever, right? Or my newborn baby. Yeah, my newborn baby. Yeah, it's a big one. So we're going to answer those questions next week. A couple more on top of that too, but those are just some questions coming. And so I know you're like, 
Answer it now. Nope. Got to come next week for that. <laughs> yeah. so, but we've got great questions. The whole series, I'm talking about Revelation down the line as well. So we've got great questions all month long. So I'm really excited about this. So you guys enjoying this? Is this fun? It's really good. All right. Cool. Good. All right. What all else right. you got? Next question. Okay. Is the Bible anti-medication? That's a great question. Like, what does the Bible say about me taking medicine? People yeah. say, well, I have a headache. Should I just trust God? I'm like, well, trust God and take Tylenol. That's what I would do. <laughs> and so I do do that, by the way. And so I just took some day cool earlier. I was sneezing. I was like, okay, I don't want to be sneezing all morning. And so, you know, but I would just say this. Um, no, the Bible's not anti-medication. Now, I want to uh, just talk about that for a second. There's multiple places in the Bible that talk about medication. Paul actually told Timothy at one point, he said, oh, is your stomach hurting? Take a little red wine at night. It'll help you with your stomach. So I'm not necessarily saying that's the greatest pharmaceutical decision mm-hmm. because they didn't have pharmaceutical industry like we have today. So, but that was an option that doctors would tell you, yeah, that could help. I'm not necessarily suggesting you go drink red wine today. But my point is, is that the Bible does show us examples. Proverbs also talks about when you don't feel good, have a little bit of wine, that kind of thing. Um, and then and, uh, end of life, pain. Uh, it speaks of that, how you can deal with that. So there's multiple places in Scripture that talk about that. But I want to be real clear here. Um, that doesn't mean you mask problems with medicine. Mm. And so I do take medicine, by the way, personally. I, take, um, I, I, I have to take some heart medicine. And so uh, years ago I had a heart murmur. I have a small one to this day. I'm fine, but, you know, I just want to just stay on it. And then also blood pressure. And so because I do get a little stressed because you people are stressful. So <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Maybe. So, uh but, you know, we've got 100 staff members and five campuses. You know, there's a lot going on. So having said that, yeah, so I do, you know, at my age, it's, it's not a bad idea anyways. And so, but I don't think it's bad. But what I want to be careful of is just because I take that doesn't mean I should just eat whatever the world I want all the time either. Like I do have a cheat meal now and then, occasionally. <laughs> but the point is, is that I'm, I don't want to use that as an excuse to yes. just, well, I have to take medicines to just do whatever. No, I think that's that's a mistake. The other question people have is like, about this one is like, what about like psychological medicine, like medicine that helps me with my depression or my mindset or those kind of things, my fear, those kind of things. And I would say the same thing. I would say what part of your brain is not a part of your body. Mm-hmm. So if it can help you with those things too, I think is great. Again, I wouldn't jump straight to people say, I'm on medication because I'm going through a divorce. And I don't, I mean, I guess if a doctor told you you'd need that, maybe your fear is ramped up so high or, or your stress level, you know, that kind of thing. But I would say this, too, be careful not to stay on something longer than you need it. That's where addiction comes in. And so I think that's like I have back issues. And so a number of years ago, I had back issues literally daily. I could hardly every morning I could hardly get up in the morning. It was really painful. And we've now, I think, solved most of that. But having said that, three or four times a year, I'll still have a little back issue. And my doctor even gives me medicine before I go skiing, knowing I'm going to push myself. You know, he'd be like, just have this in case you need it. And sometimes I'll... The last time I skied, I didn't have to use it. I was like, yes. But every <laughs> once in a while, I feel yeah. a little twinge. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, so I'll take a little something. But having said that, I have some tramadol. That's normally the lighter end of the medications for that. But, you know, I t- called my doctor after, after I had uh, back surgery, and I said, hey, is it okay I'm taking this? And I was in a lot of pain. And I was like, man, I'm taking like three, three a day. That's a little more than, than, than the prescription says. Is that okay? He said, yeah, you're fine. You're Okay. And I said, really? He goes, he goes, Pastor, I have people that are taking three an hour. Wow. I was like, oh, wow. And he was like, don't do that. I was like, no, I, I, I'm not going to. I can't even imagine doing that, first of all. 
but it, it, it can become very addictive. Yes. And so, but, but even when I was, um, after, after my surgery, I was, I was well aware how many did I take today, how many I take the next day, I was lowering it every single day. I think by about the third day, I wasn't taking anything, or I was just on Tylenol. So I just want to encourage you to, to watch that closely and just be honest with your doctor. It, 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 they can be addictive. And so, but I'll, I just, can I also just tell you, I just want to say this real quick if I can, Pastor Zach, I, yeah. I know you do funerals too. I'm tired of burying young people. Come on. The number one reason I end up burying young people is because they mix some kind of painkiller with alcohol. Yeah. Please do not do that. It doesn't just hurt you. It kills you. Yeah. And so I have had to bury a few. I know you have too. And it's painful. It's horrible. Lives cut short. And this fentanyl stuff is nothing to be messed around with. And so that stuff, you can even, if you get the wrong dosage, it can kill you on one pill. Yeah. You can smell it and it can kill you. Like, I'm not even kidding. So please just know. And listen, I know it's election season right now. You know, I don't know why we're not talking about this election season. We should be voting for people who are stopping this stuff from Preach coming that. to our country. Preach that. Like, we got to close that Come down. <laughs> and so it's just, it's, it's very dangerous. Again, I'm not trying to be political, but those are the questions we should be asking, though. And so, and by the way, please vote. Now, I'm That's not good. telling you how to vote, but vote. <laughs> well, our voices as Christians need to be heard. So, so we need to become a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And so that's a big deal. Amen. We should do that. So we're going to move to our, our next question. It says, okay. what is the difference in biblical translations? For an example, why does the Catholic Bible have more books? Okay. How do you know it is historically accurate? And how do I know the difference of right and wrong? Those are great questions. I want to take the big one. The big question is going to be like, why do some Bibles have more books than others? So that actually, to be more specific, it's the Catholic Bible versus the Protestant Bible, essentially. And I want to say this really clearly. All the books in the Catholic Bible are also in the Protestant Bible. Like, they all have the same books. But the Catholic Bible has extra books, okay? And so the question is, why don't we have those books? Why don't we study those books? And it's a great question to ask. So I'm going to try to explain this as simple as I can when I had classes on this. I mean, this is like a, a larger discussion. But... Basically, those books are called the Apocrypha. We do not have the Apocrypha in, in our Bible. So basically, here, here's the deal. Um, the way we got the Old Testament is that uh, people wrote those, and, and Jesus gives us a verse which, which pretty much uh, gives us the approval of all the books. Every All theology should be what's called Christocentric. That's a fancy word for it all comes down to what did Jesus say about it. Okay? And so let me just read a scripture to you if I can real quick. Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Then he said, when I was with you, before I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. He just gave approval to the entire Old Testament right there, almost the whole book. Okay, and so but almost the entire Old Testament was already approved of and done by the time Jesus was even born. In fact, the Pharisees would ask him questions and they would use scripture and then he would answer back with scripture. Every time you answer back with scripture, that's an approval. Like he said, well, Isaiah said this. Now we know Isaiah is uh, inspired by God because he said it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's why we know the Old Testament is inspired by God. Okay, then the New Testament, the question is, how do we have the New Testament and how do we know which books are inspired by God to actually be the word of God? It all comes down to this. Did Jesus say it and did his apostles say it? The apostles are the eyewitnesses of Jesus. That's good. And the only books beyond that are people that were close to the apostles who wrote books, mainly Timothy, who was close with Paul. Paul was an eyewitness of Jesus. Um, and then Timothy, of course, was close with Paul. So the authority comes down to Jesus and those who followed him closely. Does that make sense? So here's all you need to know about the Apocrypha. Simple way to put it is this. They're not bad books. I'm not going to knock them. not going to do that. 
well, I have plenty of brothers and sisters of Christ who are Catholic. I don't have any problem with that. But Jerome is an early church father that actually included the Apocrypha in the first Latin Vulgate. That was a Latin Bible. He included it in there. But he said when he included him, this is not the word of God. These are extra books that are essentially inspiring, oh, devotionals, wow. or historic in nature. So they're not saying they're bad. They're just not the word of God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And by the way, here's the number one way that I would tell you that we don't use the Apocrypha today to teach from. It's real simple. Jesus and his apostles never mention them. Not even once. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's why we know they're not the inspired word of God. Again, they're not necessarily bad books, but I want to point out a couple things. Um, so, for example, uh, in 1500, there's a guy named Luther. Uh, Luther protested the Catholic Church. Catholic just means universal, the D church, right? He protested them by taking, uh, by writing what's called a 99 thesis. He wrote all these basically things I don't like about the church that we're doing wrong that are against the Bible. He nailed them to this famous church door, okay? One of his biggest one was that people were, were bringing money to the church and saying, here's money for the priest to pray my long lost loved one who went to hell out of hell. Well, um, that's not in the Bible anywhere, first of all, to be done. Uh, we don't pray to people. Number one, we only pray to Jesus. Amen. Okay? Number two, once you've, once you've passed, your chances of finding Christ are, are done, okay, according to Scripture. Okay? Uh, but also, um, guess what? They responded in frustration that Luther called them out. So then they came and got together at this Council of Trent, what it was called. And they said, let's approve of Apocrypha and say it's the Bible also. The reason why is because in one of those books, someone prayed and asked for their, lost, their, 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 their loved one that went to hell to come to heaven. It, it said they did it. It didn't say it worked. It just said they did it. So they immediately, out of reaction to the protesting, that's where we get the word Protestant from, oh. to the protesting, they then approved them and said, this is the Bible too, out of reaction to that. But it, this was 1,500 years after Jesus has already died, rose again, and then ascended to heaven. So in other words, this is way after the Bible's already done. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, let me give you one more example. The book of Judith, that's actually a book. Um, in that book, one of the stories in the book, which we know is not biblically accurate, Judith actually asked God to help her lie to someone. Well, do we think God's a liar or no. would he support lying? No, we don't. So, again, another example to where this may be a historic book, but it's not a biblical book. It's not, it's not, it's not the word of God. It's not the canon. Canon means the measure or read. Read is a measurement. Okay, and so this is not in the canon of Scripture. Does that help? It helps. That's is that good. cool? Yeah, it's good stuff. So that's why we have our Bible. <clears throat> that, okay. Cool. Boy, that professor is coming out now. I'm like, Lord. <laughs> oh, just trying to. It's hard to explain in simple terms. The bottom line is this, is Jesus or the apostles didn't mention it, so then I don't teach from it. So you don't teach it's from it simple. there. So good. Yep. All right. We have one final question yep. we want to, to put. It's what should I do when I can't feel God? Oh, that's a great question. I've been and this happens to all of us, by the way. Uh, you know, I've said this in church before. You guys have heard me probably say it, but if you feel like God is distant from you, who do you think moved? Mm. So the bottom line is, is that if we feel distance from God, it, it may be a sin. We may have done something that, that has distanced us from God. Um, that doesn't mean we're out of relationship with God. We're talking about you can't lose your salvation. It doesn't mean you need to re-ask Jesus in your heart, right? Uh, but it may mean that, you know, like if I've offended my wife, we're still in relationship, but I may not feel close to her, <laughs> right? Yeah. I got to get that straight. So David said this in Psalms 139. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's any offensive way in me. So just pray and say, God, is there anything? When people tell me, I can't hear from God, I never hear from God. Pray this prayer and you'll hear from God really quick. 
God, is there anything I've done that has offended you? You will suddenly hear from God. <laughs> and so and when God brings something to your mind, just confess that. Say, God, I'm just so sorry. I want to confess that before you now. Sometimes we think, though, Pastor Zach, that it must yeah. mean that we've committed a sin. Yeah. Maybe it's not the sin of committing something, but maybe it's omitting something. Mm. For example, maybe God's saying, you, you say you're close to me, but when's the last time you've been to my house? Mm. You know, when's the last time you, 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 you opened the word? Mm. And by the way, when I can't hear from God, I read God. Read God. Open the word. Can and you, you can read a scripture. Can you can you push into that yeah. sins of omission versus yeah. sins of commission? Because those are two different types yeah. of sins. O- omitting going to church, omitting prayer, mm-hmm. omitting generosity. Om- like you're not you're not being generous. You're not being prayerful. You're not being a servant-minded person. You're not being selfless. Gotcha. So oftentimes, you know, God God's not lifting a spirit from the standpoint that He breaks relationship with us, but God will lift His anointing. Come on, that's very true. I mean, God's like, hey. You want, you want my grace on your life, you want my blessing, but yet you're not obeying me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think maybe this is a great time for us to stop right now, right? And say, God, I haven't felt close to you in a while. I want, I want to feel close to you. So yeah. I think maybe we should stop and pray right now. Let's, Let's right do that. Now. Can we do that? Yes. Maybe God's speaking to someone today through this word, and, and your prayer is, God, I, I, I have felt the distance. Just maybe pray this prayer. Just say, God, I'm just sorry. I, I, I guess I moved. I guess I drew away from you. Maybe it's prayerlessness. You just say, God, I just, I haven't been praying to you. I haven't been spending my time with you. Maybe for you, it's a, it's a, it's a committed sin. You say, Lord, I know what I did was wrong and I haven't gotten that right. Maybe for you, you're, you're dating someone that's not honoring God and you're doing things that don't honor God. And so you feel the distance. Maybe for you, it's, it's, it's things you're letting in your life. You're watching, you're, you're, you're partaking in something that's separating you from God. Just commit that to God and say, God, forgive me, Lord, forgive me for the sin. Or maybe you don't know what it is. You say, God, would you just show me? Is there something in my life that's put a distance between me and you? Something between us? And allow the Lord to speak to you. I believe he will. Just confess that to him and then repent. Repent means I'm going to do something different, God. I'm going to go a different way. Just commit that to God. Right now, across all of our churches, if you've never given your life to Christ, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. We pray this prayer um, each week to lead you in, to, to a relationship with Christ. We don't pray because you need to re-ask Christ into your life. If you pray that prayer, then Christ is coming to your life. But if you've never prayed this prayer, you can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. We're just going to lead you in this prayer together. Just pray this prayer with us. You can say this out loud across all of our different churches. Those you're watching online, just say this with us. Just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just gave your life to Christ, no one's looking around, would you just lift your hand high if you just gave your life to Jesus? Thank you. There are hands going up all across our churches right now. Thank you. Thank you. We see those hands. Thank you, Stone Oak. Praise God. Hold your hand high. You just gave your life to Christ. Thank you, Rodfield. Hold your hand high. Thank you. Right there at Rockport, Texas right now, Rockport Fulton. Hold your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. Come on, Padre Island. Did you just give your life to Jesus? Let us know. Just hold your hand high. Those of you are watching online right now, you can let us know in the text chat. Just text it to us right now. Just say, my hand's raised or click hand raised. Praise God. Father, thank you for those who just gave their life to Christ. Thank you for this time where we can just share wisdom. Thank you, God, that we can trust and believe in your word. We know it's inspired by you, God. And thank you, Lord, that it all does come down to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we can follow you and look to you. And thank you for this time we have just to discuss your truth 
and just lean on you. In your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.